right, how's everybody doing? Welcome to Friday. We made it to Friday. I'm Mike Jeff for Chicago Jazz Magazine, chicagojazz.com. And of course, you are watching Chicago Music Revealed here every day, 6 Central Time. Unless, of course, there's this little switch like we had yesterday where I did two shows, 5.30 and 6. But today is just 6 o'clock. Welcome to the weekend, folks. What better way to welcome yourself to the weekend than to watch Chicago Music Revealed here? Of course, all the past issues, all the past issues, all the past episodes are on chicagomusicrevealed.com. We are streaming live on Facebook, Chicago Jazz Magazine, Chicago Music Guide, Chicago Blues in Chicago, and of course, Chicago Music Revealed. And in addition to all of that, I'm also the Director of Programming and Entertainment at the soon-to-be-opening Epiphany Center for the Arts right there south 201 South Ashland Avenue, Ashland and Adams. We are opening up in September with a full slate of live performances in addition to pay-per-view live streams that we are setting up as well. All of this is going to be announced, I think, a week from Monday. We should be up running, tickets on sale, website updated, and everything rocking and rolling. Of course, get all the information at epiphanyshy.com and... As usual, you will hear it here first as well. So that's those are there's going to be some announcements next week on this show. So stay tuned for that. But now, I don't want to keep rambling on about myself and about everything else. Let's get right to the heart of the matter here. Of course, it's Friday, and what does that mean? That means that it is blues in Chicago and beyond, and that means our co-host Dave Katzman is on the phone today, and we have a very special guest who I've had the chance of interviewing and meeting many years ago when I used to do merchandise at the Chicago Blues Fest. Uh, Kenny and I got to know each other then. Kenny BDI Smith is on the phone, and we are going to have a great discussion about blues, Chicago blues, his history, and everything else. So, Kenny, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking a few minutes. And, Dave, welcome to the show this week. Hey, hey, guys. Thank you, Jeff. Well, hey, it's, it's it's a pleasure having you on today, Kenny. You know, Dave and I have been doing this thing every friday we kind of kicked it off i don't know maybe about a month and a half ago we've had some great artists on it's finally good it is finally good to have a drummer on you know because as a drummer here (laughs) now we're finally talking to some people here man (laughs) gotta admit i've been putting a lot of guitar players a lot of guitar players we did have billy branch on though so we got a heart player in, but I, I think you, you should be the first drummer we have on the blues show. Yeah, well, we so, had we yeah. had to, we we finally have we finally have an actual musician, a drummer on the show here. Oh, so it's, oh, <laughs> right. so don't start now. The drummers have to stick together, man. We got to don't be don't be saying no stuff. All right, now as as we all as we always do this stuff, I always turn it over. Dave's my co-host on this show on Fridays, and I know Dave has known Kenny for many, many, many years. And, uh, you know, all the information before I keep going, we've got a we've got a uh, picture of Kenny up. We've got his website up, BDIs.com. And you can get all the information. We're going to talk all about what he's got on the website. He's got some great learning videos as well as great historical stuff. Good information, obviously, performance videos and everything else. So while you're watching this, if you want to fly over to BDIs.com, you can get all the information on Kenny. But, Dave, why don't you take it away with the first uh, first couple of questions here and we'll get the conversation going. Yeah, no problem. Well, first off, Ken, you know, you and I have known each other so long. We're we're definitely family, and uh, you know, I knew your dad so well, and I watched you come up. Um, I can't remember when I met you, but I think you were a teenager at the time. Uh, if you're gonna <laughs> yeah. go for that, I, I I don't even remember meeting you to be honest. I mean, your your dad and I worked together so many years. Um, 
you know, through Buddy Guys when I was there, but also yes, way yes. before that, and Chicago Fest and everything else. I mean, uh, your dad is a wonderful, wonderful person, very, very good friend of mine, and I miss him dearly. Uh, but uh, I did get to meet you coming up and watch you grow into a totally amazing drummer. And um, also, you, you've become a good friend of mine, and we've been able to play together over the years, and it's just I'm so glad to have you on the show. That's all I got to say about that. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. definitely a pleasure, man. Definitely family, for sure. I mean, yeah, we've been knowing each other. Oh, my goodness. I was a teenager, probably 16, maybe, 16 or 17. Yeah, that somewhere, sounds about right. Somewhere in there. When, when did you start moving your dad's drums? Oh, my. When I started moving them around, being his roadie, that, was, that started at 13. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may have met you then. <laughs> I started pushing them at 13. Yeah, that was, yeah. But that yeah. was always a blast. Yeah, I probably... Yeah, wow. Wow, that's a while ago. Anyways, I mean, uh, you've got such a rich history uh, in the blues, you know, I mean, obviously. Um, growing up in that house, uh, which was Muddy's house, and your dad took it over and you grew up in it, what was it, what was it like to be around all those guys in the beginning? Let's start with that, you know, just hearing the music in your house and, and just being around that kind of energy. What was that like? Oh, that ain't that was that was, that was the best energy of my life right there. I mean, that's what uh, I really say it made me into who I am now. Just you know, I mean, it, even beyond the musicians, I mean, it's just the family. It was just family oriented. You know, when you when whoever came in the house, I mean, there was so many musicians who came through that house, but all of them, to me, I seen them so much. They were family. I mean, they literally were family. I call them uncles. You know, uncles. You know, mm -hmm. you know, just because, yeah, a lot of uncles. <laughs> I had a lot. I had a lot of uncles. Really, that's so true. That's how. That's what. I mean, I seen them so much. Oh, you know, and that was even before I really uh, recognized that they played on stage. I knew they were playing music like in the basement because I would always. I, I get so excited because I know that they're going down. They're going to go in that basement and they're going to play just down there for at least three hours. So I guess get me a little seat and just uh, listen to them. You know, down in that basement, uh, playing playing some music. You know, playing playing music. Take their break. Taking some breaks. Like take car breaks. <laughs> some drink break but then they get back to the music again but i loved it i was the same down there they'll they start i mean they'll start in the afternoon and they'll be there you know late eight thirty, nine o'clock at night you know still playing you know still practicing and just and having fun you know in that basement so that was i learned a lot um just from hanging oh, around yeah. but like i said before i knew that they were musicians um famous musicians but to me they just was family that's how much i mean i see them you know they would i would uh, I, I think like Pine Top Perkins, I, I remember him, you know, so much. I would be, you know, he called me. We come, we go changing tires together. We go fishing together. You know, <laughs> him and me and my dad, you know, things like that that I remember uh, a lot about That's those musicians. Right. A lot of a lot of personal memories like that, you know, from, from a lot of them, you know, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, just for the audience out there, what were some of these musicians that uh, were? with your family, part of your family, but also playing music down in the basement. I mean, uh, it really was the who's who. I know who they were, but uh, yeah, yeah. why don't oh, you yeah. kind of give a list of who, who was down there, who you were around when you were a kid? Well, I remember, so. I, I, I remember um, in my house, I remember the, the Muddy's band would always be in my house. Like, they would always be practicing. First, Calvin Jones, you know, Jerry Portnoy, Bob McGolan, Pine Top Perkins. Sammy Longhorn uh, would be even be there, you know, sometime too. And then sometime that party jumps into another party, you know, it's like another band came in town and then they come in over to the house 
you know, to visit too. I was trying to, you know, come come into the house to just hang out too and party and play some music too, you know. And it took, and it was only years later that I, I really recognized who those bands, some of those bands were too, you know. I feel like wow. uh, one of, I want to say that oh man, one of them that I remember was uh, Dart, the, the Nighthawks, Nighthawks and oh yeah, things sure. like that. You know, they'd come through come through town, they come over there. I remember that, you know, things like that. You know, but one of those like, were about Jim Wilson. Absolutely, absolutely, Kim Wilson. Of course, definitely, yeah, absolutely, Kim Wilson for sure. Many, many times. There, James Cotton. I mean, the list could go on and on and on forever. As like I say, musicians, but a lot, like I say, a lot of them I just knew, just outright, just knew as a knew as a human being. You know, I I understand that. You know, I'm jumping. I want to jump in real fast because I think it's interesting for everybody listening and stuff. I mean, you know, you. You knew these guys because they were coming over to hang out at your house because your dad and everything. And they were twofold question here. Number one, you know, you're you're meeting them, but you're on a level of like, you know, as you said, they're you're like your uncles and your aunts and everybody that was coming yeah. over. It wasn't a big deal, which had to give you a huge opportunity, which I'm sure you took advantage of just watching them play. But also you could probably ask questions that nobody else that were, was just starting out could ever ask these guys. Cause these guys would look at somebody like, why are you asking me that? But Kenny's asking me this because he's asking me this. So as you were growing up and developing, how did that, that, that must've been an incredible amount of uh, information that you were able to get for through osmosis, but also some of the questions you must've been able to ask these world famous guys that have done it. I mean, what were some of the questions you were asking them or just talking about with them? I mean, that, that, as far as music related stuff that helped you expand your playing and, and grow your career so quickly. Well, it, I, I guess the, I mean, those guys were so smart, you know, and I, I would answer that question thoroughly uh, too, but just to, to make it clear, like those guys were so smart. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the, they had so much knowledge, you know, to me, it was, to me, they, it was like a, to me, they were like a Mr. Miyagi. Or something. They just had the, <laughs> they had the information. You go, wait, what? And then later on, it gets you, you know, just what they said. So, I mean, I would, I definitely would ask questions like, you know, what, you know, sometimes I didn't have to ask questions. Sometimes they just tell me like, yeah. Hey, look, you know, this is, you, 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 you're going to play music. It's not going to be an easy road to do this all the time. You know, you have to, if you want to do this, just know this is not going to be an easy road, uh, financially an easy road to be doing this all the time. You're going to have some ups and downs. You're going to have some ups and downs and some highs and lows. Be aware of that. It's not going to be all, all cherry on the tree all the time. You know, this is straight up stuff that they all told me. Every yeah. last one of them told me that, you know, definitely um, would, would tell me, you know, things like that. And I would say, you know, and I would ask questions like, well, you know, what are I supposed to do? You know, I see, you know, with, you know, with the drinking, the drinking and the smoking, they just say, hey, keep your head on right. Do, you know, keep your head on right. You don't, you don't have to do all those things to play music, mm-hmm. you know. Enjoy the music. You don't have to drink to play music. You can drink if you want to. You can smoke if you want to. But you, you, if you don't want to, you don't have to. That doesn't make you a better musician, you know, to play. So those things that would they would tell me, they would talk to me just like as, as if my own father would tell me. Same yeah. things my father would tell me. They would tell me those things. The, the, the other thing I find amazing about this is that, you know, I mean, we all we're all professional musicians. So we all know. I mean, you know, to get professional musicians to actually just hang out and jam these days is like you know, give me a break if, unless there's a gig or something that doesn't happen all that much. But was that, was that sort of the scene back then where, I mean, if they didn't have a gig or maybe even after the gig, they come back over to your place, to your, to your father's house. I mean, it, I find it amazing that these guys, you know, they probably were playing a ton 
but they still wanted to hang out. It, it must have been more of a social thing where they come over, they jam, they hang out. Maybe they rehearse a little bit just to kind of work through stuff. But they're having such a good time together that they yeah. wanted to do that. It wasn't like pulling teeth to get anybody to come over. Exactly. Anywhere, right. No, it, it was not like that. This was and this would be random. I mean, it would be it, it would start. It can start a day like that was even at the get get that they would come over. Because I know they'd be sleeping, you know, on the couches <laughs> downstairs. I know that in the bedrooms down there. So I know that they would come back over. You know, mind you that I was young, but I was very observant you know, mm -hmm. at the time, too. So, yeah, they would come. They definitely would come back over. But it wouldn't, a day would start out like I could see one of them coming over, you know, even 11 a.m. in the morning, you know, sometime. Mm -hmm. They're sitting on the couch. Just, my dad, my dad and one of them is just sitting there, just talking, you know, just, just sitting there talking. Next thing you know, I see a couple of more coming by the end of the evening. You know, a few more talking. They say they kind of gather around just talking. And then next thing you know, they're in the basement, you know, playing, playing around. They'll start out maybe with a card game, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. <laughs> you know, things like things like that would uh, would happen. And I, I mean, this wasn't like once in a while. These things happen constantly, you know, and sometimes it would be vice versa. You know, sometimes it would be. Uh, Pine Top House, you know, sometimes mm. they would, my father and them would, they would congregate at, congregate at Pine Top House. Just, it just was like that. And it, and it felt the same way. I would go with them because I loved, I just loved it. I just knew them and I loved them all, you know, just kind of like they all kind of just hung out together. It was, it was a family thing. And I, one thing that I noticed when I got grown is, and, and it, it just kind of inspired me too, is like every time those guys, James Cotton, if, if James Cotton saw my father, you know, even if they did a show together, a festival, before they leave that show, they hug each other and they actually can say, hey, kiss each other on the cheek, you know, yeah. and, and move on. Now, that's deep, you know. Yeah. That, that To me, I, I see that to myself and I say, that's really deep. You know, that's how much they care for one another, you know. Yeah. They, that's how much they care for one another. You know, they hug you each know? other and kiss, and kiss yeah. each other on the cheek. That You very rarely see that, you know, in, in musicians. You know, that, that's love. It's it's really true. You know, I, I didn't get the amazing childhood of growing up around them in the in the house where they lived or came and hung out but i spent a lot of time with the older guys and uh there was a sense of community and yeah. brotherhood a brotherhood yes. you know uh, brotherhood. a real tribal brotherhood and um that is rare to find these days i mean friendships are there and we all care about each other and we check up on each other's kids and stuff like that but you know, it's not the same. What I would see back then was, you know, if someone kind of was down on their luck, yeah, pretty much everyone would pitch in and help That's in whatever right. way they could. That's, if their car right. was broken down, they'd all go work That's at it. Right. I mean, That's it right. was a whole different thing. It was more like the old school neighborhood. And, yeah. um, you know, the neighborhood I grew up in was a lot of different ethnicities and everyone helped each other. It doesn't happen today. Uh, yeah, back then, the, the community of musicians was like the neighborhood. It really was. I, yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, like they, they could call my father three o'clock in the morning in a snow blizzard and say, "Hey, Willie, I'm stuck out here. I'm stuck, you know, a hundred miles away. Can you come get me?" He gonna go. Yeah, he, gonna, he gonna get in his car. He gonna go and he gonna go get the whole band and he gonna go get them. You know, that's yeah. what they were doing. And, and vice versa. And vice versa. They would come help him. It could be the same thing. They would come. You know, and they would help each other out. That's how they. I mean, they were deep. Yeah. Cool. I miss that. Man. No. <laughs> I miss what no. I saw, you know, and uh, it's never going to happen again. As cool situations now are never going to happen again in the future. But really, truly, um, I don't even—I don't want to be too corny here. But a part of my love for the blues and the blues community is that feeling, and and you know that Kenny and I can 
relate to it because we were both there as kids. You know, I was a little yeah. older kid than he was, but I was a kid too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like we were lucky enough to see that. And, you know, there are very few of those guys left. And, um, you know, and they, they all get, you know, teary-eyed. The guys that are still around, if you start talking yes. about those times, they all get a little emotional. But uh, it was a pretty amazing time, you know. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I kind of want to move this forward in a subject about that community uh, is the the house that you lived in that was once Muddy's and now and then was your dad's and then you know years later still owned by isn't it still owned by the Muddy Waters family or the, it is it is owned it is owned by the uh, Muddy Waters family yeah, the estate is owned, yeah. the estate is, is owned yeah by uh, his his great granddaughter yes owns it well you know um, for many many years there was question this is for the listeners all of us know this but. Uh, there was a question whether it was going to be torn down or not, and uh, being the uh, hollowed ground that it is, uh, all of us would uh, react to that. And finally, um, you know, I, it's silly for me to tell the story. Kenny, you tell the story because you're on the board of the Mojo Museum, which is there was finally a grant given to rebuild the foundation and the roof, and looks like we're going to actually have a real blues museum. But, Kenny, why don't, why don't you talk it? Yeah, so yeah, there was yeah, definitely the grant. Uh, they got the grant um, to help re re uh, in a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, help fix up the house. So mm-hmm. they basically going to do that. Um, I mean, it's still there's still still got a still got a long road ahead. You know, it's still got a, a few more grants that we want to get. You know, we still that we want to get for sure because uh, we want to do it right. You know, we don't want to just have to do it. So there's there's going to be a, a lot more work involved in it. But this is that's definitely a, a a, a good starting point for us, for sure. Um, the house, you know, the house had been deteriorating, but, you know, that's the, in there, you know, people can speculate, but there's a lot of different stories go behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. um, with the house too. But all I can say is I, I know that uh, Muddy, uh, great-granddaughter, she fought hard, long and hard, and, and worked hard, you know, to, uh, you know, to carry on her grandfather's legacy. You know, that's one thing that she carried. Even when she talked about it, she gets teary-eyed because that's how much it means to her. There you, go. you know, that's how much okay. it means. That's how much it means to her. So she really, you know, she did her thing. She worked two jobs, you know, to get it, get everything taken care of. That's, and that's a lot. That takes a lot to do if you're trying to take care of two houses at one time. You know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Too. So, so she, but she did it. She did it, and she tough through it. And she said, I, she said one thing when I leave this earth. I want that. I want that museum. I want something, you know, give give back to my grandfather. Let him know he he did not want that house to be sold. He wanted it here for everybody to enjoy. Um, that's what I'm gonna do with it before I leave this earth. And that's what she's been doing. Wow. That's what she's pushing. That's yeah. Great. So what's the time? I mean, like, what's the timeline on something like that? I mean, I can only imagine the restoration project that it's got to go into it, right, to get everything up and running. Yes. But I mean, when you get a grant um, like that, and you've got to piece together maybe a couple more grants, obviously, for a lot of different uh, yes. you know, funding things. I mean, so is there any sort of any sort of timeline, like as far as an initial start time or anything on that, or everything's just preliminary? You just get the grant, and then you can start to piece together everything else in order to then everything, put everything yeah, together. Everything's moving. Yeah, yeah. everything's kind of everything, everything's kind of moving of uh, moving forward. Right. Just you know, everything we're doing, there's step by steps that yeah. every, every, everybody's taking um, forward with this to do. So, just we, I want I can't say oh, always going to start. You know, you know June yeah, right. two, two, 
I, I just can't say that at the moment how it's going to start, but I know that it is going to start. But there are steps that's like that we want to, we really want to, we really want to do it right. Don't want to rush into it just to throw it up there. We want to really do it. We're going to do it. We want to do it right. So yeah, we we not going to take our time, but we're going to definitely take our time to make make sure that it's right when it's all said and done. Well, so I, I won't give a a, spool, a full question time about that. that. Yeah, is, is the city involved in it at all? Well, it's definitely a city. It definitely, and it definitely love it too. Definitely, they 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 definitely have been in talk with the city too. Um, hopefully, we get get some grants out of the city too. You know, I think that everything's moving forward. I think they know that this is a landmark. You know, too. Yep. That's one thing the city mm-hmm. of Chicago know. They really realizing that you know this is definitely a house that's special. You know, Absolutely. to Chicago. You know, to Chicago. So to I was the really world. happy. To yeah, the world. Sorry, to the world. Absolutely, to the world. So definitely, the city is on board with that part for sure the thing that i love about it and you know i mean me running chicago jazz magazine and all that over the years and being involved with a lot of different blues musicians and blues organizations and jazz organizations and everything is that the ones that are super successful are the ones that go slow and put all their ducks in a row as they build it out because if you try to do stuff and then it goes halfway it it always has a tendency of stopping for whatever reason. So I think what you're talking about is exactly what should be happening. It sounds like you guys are totally on board and her great and his great granddaughters totally knows what's going on because oh, yeah. you piece this thing together. It's going to be around for another 200 years. And that's, that's what you exactly. guys want to have happen. So that's outstanding. Exactly. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the main, the main goal for sure. Oh yeah. Hey Dave, yeah. You, you got something else for Kenny before I jump back in? Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Well, first off, we should mention uh, the website, mojomuseum.com. Uh, yeah, yep. but um, yeah, I, I wanted to bring up, uh, you know, blues drumming is uh, a very complex thing in itself. I, I, you know, there is such a, uh, I don't even know what to call it, but um, real true blues drumming and the traditional drumming and the beats with the hesitation beat, like uh, the lump to lump and or the blues. Uh, uh, rumba and things like that all are different than how it's written in the books how the notation is written in the book the tablatures and um there is the element of um whether it's hesitation or feel or whatever you want to call it well this is what i'm asking you can you kind of explain to drummers out there that are not familiar everyone can play blues music Okay, and this is true with guitar, and this is true with bass also, and keyboards, and harmonica. Everyone can play the notes, but when it actually comes down to playing it with the real feel, and believe me, and and that's why I hire you, Ken, when I can. It's really important to have a real drummer that can really, really understand that because then it gives the the kind of bouncing board for the bass player, the guitar player, and keyboard player to to find their place in that rhythm. What what can you, if you can condense it, and I know it's a very large subject, but the kind of differences in a true lump or something like that, or a true slow blues compared yeah. to just like a rock slow tune or a ballad. It's yeah. Go, man, go. Yeah. So um, I guess the, I'll make the long, there, there's, a, there's a long definition to this, but I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, to me, for so everybody, you know, I always look at it like, you know, if if we if we all had to draw a rabbit, you know, it's gonna look a little bit different, but it's gonna be a rabbit, you know. I kind of look at mm-hmm. look at the, look at drumming the same way. It's gonna everybody's not gonna keep that 
that same feel that exactly the same way. But there is some grits to it too. My 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 thinking is for drummers out there, you know, you have to first you got to understand the music. You gotta you, you know you you gotta understand what you're playing first. That's the first thing. You know, you, you can say oh it's easy until you get on stage and then you got the deer in the headlights look. <laughs> you know when you yeah. When you do it, you know, you can do do all the drum rolls. And the old guy's yelling at you. The old guy's yelling at you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So so to make the long story short is, you know, you have to – you have to really pay attention to the, the band, you know, to the band. Is it, There's so many variations of a shuffle, but you got to pay attention to the entire band. You as a drummer, as a blues drummer, and trying to play a lump because they, it's going it's going to make a variation. It's like you got to ride the wave, you know. The, the wave is not going to stay in one straight line. So you got to kind of ride that wave for as uh, playing, that, playing that groove, the lump, the lump, is following the band, ride the wave. That's really the way I kind of – that's kind of how we I justify that. In, in short, you know, I mean, I can, I can go into really technological terms about it, but I think the best way is you gotta learn that feel, and the only way you do that, you gotta listen to the music, you gotta practice the music, and then you gotta practice it again, and you gotta practice it again, because if you don't have the root, it won't grow. Mm-hmm. That's just the truth. That's just the real truth to me. You got, you know, you can, like I say, you can do all the drum roll feels you want, but come play, come try to play that the shuffle. Then you're stuck. You know, if you really want to do it, learn the root. Learn the root of the music, and then I think that's the that's the that's the best advice I can give you. So who are who are some of your influences? Like who did you listen to? I mean, I know you were around all these guys, and you were, you know, hanging out. You were watching them and all that stuff. I mean, there had to be one or two guys, drummers, that you watched yeah. um, and listened to. I'm sure, oh, yeah. and maybe even transcribed that that just really somebody that's that's new to the blues drumming. Or that is a blues drummer that wants to get better. I mean, who did who did Kenny Smith listen to to to, to start really developing your feel? Yeah, well, I guess the I mean I have to I mean if call it call it cheating or not, you know. But my like I say, my father was a yeah. blues drummer, you yeah. know. So I really I, I the first yeah. first person that I ever seen playing, and I always thought his style was just kind of unique. Even when I saw other drummers play, I just thought something about his style was so unique. So I learned from him first. I mean. I learned the things that he would do first. I mean, I, I had the opportunity to really look and see, oh, how is he holding his stick? What's making this sound? What's making it? What's making him so different yeah. in his sound? You know, things like that. I really had to really had the time and to really stand there. And that's what I do when I went to a show. That was my whole thing. I was so excited that to me that was my big rush. You know, I see him playing and I go, man, what is? Why? How does that symbol sound like that? Why is mine not? sounding like that and, I go back, <laughs> and then i go back and i see him doing i go back and i go practice it and i would practice it and practice it and practice so willie was my one of my first drum was the first one that um uh, that i really i learned from first really and mm-hmm. then um from him i br- i branched out you know he turned me on to you know he said hey you know i like you know i used to like listen to uh uh, Francis Clay, that was who I learned from, you know, a lot from Francis Clay. And I said, oh, yeah, so let me check him out. So I went back looking and listening to Francis Clay. From Francis Clay, you know, I went on to move on to S.P. Leary, you know, Earl Phillips. Mm-hmm. So um, those are the, those guys. What about Fred? Fred, 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 B, Fred? Too. Fred B. Yeah, Fred B. Low, too. You know, Fred B. Low, too. I, I, went, I went to him later on. That was later on when I went to him. But I was like, but I was already, ironically, you know, I was already, we was, playing pretty similar because I was learned from you know the other guys who learned from him too right. so I was kind of already in the ballpark of uh, the below style it was just more like oh okay I see what he's doing so it was like easy. it was like 
we speaking we was all speaking the same language put it that way so it, yeah. it made it, it it was easier for me to to uh understand that um how that came about and so those were my those were my some of my ones that i really like and then later on i actually started my one i really like is art blakey that was the one oh, I, yeah, really well, yeah. I really loved art blakey that was one of one i really did and i kind of uh inspired me and i kind of like kind of blended his style into my style of blues drumming too yeah he's a well he's one of my favorites man i mean i he's one of my mentors too just listening to art and listening to all those different bands he has and yes and and you know it's interesting with with art because he would play a shuffle different than the blues but i could see how you could incorporate a lot of that playing why you would dig a lot of that playing and then be able to incorporate that into the blues and that you know that kind of brings up a great a great thought is that you know how many blues drummers and we don't have to name names but i I don't know of a lot of blues drummers who are as versatile as you are. A lot of them stick in the one <laughs> thing. And even when you get into the jazz drumming, a lot of the jazz, you know, straight edge jazz drummers are stuck yeah. in the jazz thing or the blues guys are stuck yeah. in the blues thing. And they're not able to cross over styles. They're not able to, you know, reach out or even think about listening to other things. You know, you're able to play all different styles. And yeah. I mean, was that something consciously or was it just something like, you know what? I really dig all this music. I'm just going to listen to it and it's going to turn into Kenny Smith style. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, well, all, everything, all, all in the above, but to make it, this is funny too. So I rem- I never forget this moment too. I just remember being uh, in just me and my father in the basement. We, even in our other house, we just in our basement and something was on the radio. It was a song on the radio. And, and I just said, Oh man, I do not like this song. I just do not like this song. I know, don't know what it was. And he just said, I said, I don't want to play a song like this and say, you know what? You, you need to learn how to respect all the music because all it, it takes a lot to make a song. It takes a lot to make a song, no matter what it is. And you need to uh, really learn, you know, respect that music and and play and learn how to play everything. And when mm. he said that, it was just like a, it was just like a light bulb went off in my head when he said that. Like, really? I need to play, you know, because I thought him being a blues drummer, he wouldn't have said that. But he told me I need to learn how to play everything. I, I got a funny story about your pops. Uh, a very funny story about this concept with your dad. Um, I was producing an album for Diamond Jim Green. He's a traditional finger-picking guitar player. And uh, we brought in uh, Stroger, Bob Stroger on bass, and and Willie Smith on drums. And um, there was one song that we actually, it was a a kind of a a tribute song to soldiers that had passed, okay? And we started it out with a, um, a bagpipe before it went into the blues tune. And uh, I had this crazy idea, you know, get Willie to play an Irish bodra, which is the Irish hand drum, and the yeah. mallet is two, two-headed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I brought a bodra into the studio, and Willie looks at me like, you're crazy, man. What is that? <laughs> I said, well, just give it a shot, man. And I played him a little bodra music. You know, we had some Irish or Celtic stuff around. Yeah. And your dad nailed it immediate immediately yeah. he just totally was absorbed into it and i can see how that what you just explained about what he said to you i can see how that plays into your play too yeah and uh you know to have first off your dad be your mentor and be around him all the time but also willie had a way of him that um it really didn't matter what kind of music it was if he could concentrate on it and just become absorbed in it. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, 
and have fun. I can't tell you how much. Have fun. I can't tell you how much that impressed me. It just made me love you, Dad, more. You know, I mean, he really just nailed it. And, uh, you know, I'll play that recording for you sometime. It's, nice. like, really good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. and, you know, that, that just brings it, like, to, to the level where I, I think a lot of the greatest musicians are open to all the different styles and then they can they can incorporate all of that into their playing just because they out of osmosis or if they sit down and actually learn the styles and then bring it into theirs and really kenny that's how they that's how you create your own style and that's yeah. why you've played on like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of recordings and also by the way won a grammy um for for a recording you yeah. did in 2011 with somebody yeah. you mentioned earlier with pine top yes. perkins and your father but and I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, right. and, 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 you know, but that, that, that's one of those things that every musician tries to get their own style, you know what I mean? So that it sounds like them. And I yeah. really feel like the only way to do that is to be open to all styles and be able to then really create your yeah. own style. You know, what do you think? Yeah, you can, well, I, I agree. I, yeah. I agree with that. You have to be open. You gotta be, you have to be open because if you close, you close it off. I mean, you put you you putting you putting yourself in a corner, basically painting yourself in a corner when you right. do that. I mean, I mean, mentally, you know, mentally, it just and beyond that too, you kind of just painting yourself in the corner if that's what you you know a one trick pony, right? You know, too. And then you and then if you get stuck doing that the whole time, your brain is brain will not let you you know go any other place. It's like it's just too engraved in your head in in one way, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you get stuck in that. You get stuck in a pattern. You get stuck in a routine. It's more like getting stuck in a routine. Sure. You know, I like. I'm more like I. I enjoy the adventure. I, I enjoy the adventure of knowing, not even knowing Great. a song. Like somebody say, "Hey, let's just play this song." I don't care what it is. If somebody told me to play, "Don't Stop Believing," and I have played it, I'm like, "Okay, let's go for it." You mm-hmm. know, let's, let's do it. I've heard it on the radio. Let's go for it. I'm ready. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, so I'm more like. I'm more like that, and then you know, after I play a song, I'm like, you know, I really, I really enjoyed that. That was that was fun, you know. And I do, and I integrate, like I say, I'm always integrating the uh, some of the, the patterns and the style into my own style, and I'm not doing it intentionally. It's just kind of just making it manifesting in its own way, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you know, one thing about you, Ken, I mean, and you know, I'm showering you with compliments just because I think the world of you. But um, the fact is that you have one foot in the very, very uh, straight-ahead blues, being how you were raised and who you were raised around. And you can play it better than just about anybody out there. And then your opinion of what you just said, your your attitude about playing something new, you have the other foot in moving forward into the new world, uh, you know, past just traditional blues. But all of the traditional applies to the new, and the new applies to the traditional, I mean, you know, not to sound corny, but it's a well-rounded attitude that makes you a better musician. You know, yeah, it really does. Well, yeah, it, thanks a lot. It, it also allows him to play on so many recordings because people all call him because they want him to play on their recording because it's Kenny and they want his drumming on the recording. And that all just goes back to the, the beginnings of who you learned from and who were your mentors and all the different styles you listen to and everything else. But I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about, you know, we're talking about learning, we're talking about mentorship, we're talking about performing and all the different styles. But you also have all of these videos on BDIs.com, are. which are like learning videos and, and yes. instructional videos for drums. 
and they're free, which is even yeah. more amazing. So talk a little bit that's about awesome. that. What a concept that yeah. is actually teaching somebody something. That's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it came it came to thought. I just remember, um, I just remember you know being at a jam, you know, just being at a jam one time, and and I got up and I played, you know, I played played my set. It went good, you know. But mm -hmm. then I remember a drummer came up. I remember a drummer had to come up behind me and play. And I just remember the look in the eyes. It was kind of nervous. It was kind of like, you know, had that nervous look. And the, and the band leader is looking at them, you know, too. And, and they're like trying to tell them, you know, you're playing, you're going to play a shuffle. And they're like, you know, had they had the deer in the head, like look in their face, like, wait, what? What am I? Okay, I'm, what? I'm in a blues club, but like you got, you know, like I'm playing a shuffle, you know. So they had that look, <laughs> you know. So it kind of, I kind of, you know, they got got the song going, counted it in, you know, and the, the band leader was, you know, real hard, real hard on the uh, drummer, you know, I guess for not really doing his homework and, or, you know, just not knowing. So, I, and mm -hmm. I just felt bad for the drummer because I, I felt bad for the drummer because I felt like the drummer was like, you know, I felt like it might, this might have been his breakout box. It might have been his way of just, just being, just therapy or yeah. something. Just, you know, might have might have had a hard day to this is his way of therapy, you know, just get out and get on the stage and play, make you feel good, you know. Mm -hmm. So I thought about that and I just felt bad for the drummer. So I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to help help some of these drummers out the best I can and I'm gonna try to give back to the community, the world, even as they say the world. And so what I what I did is I said, Well, what is it that I would need to learn if I'm a blues drummer? What are the things that I need to learn? You know, so I put up a few different shuffles. There's, you know, BB King shuffles, you know. Just mm -hmm. muddy water shuffles, you know. So I would name them as that because that's what the band, that's what blues leaders would say. Hey, play at a BB King shuffle. That's what they would say. You know, you turn around ah, to a drummer, that's what they're gonna true. say. Play BB King shuffle. You know, play a mud. This is muddy water shuffle. J Jimmy Reed, play Jimmy Reed shuffle. You know, they say that this is how they uh, signify what kind of shuffle that you need to be playing mm. to the drummer. But if you don't know and you think that oh, it's just a twelve-bar blues shuffle, you out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. All of them not the same. They're not the same, you know. So I try to separate the differences. I, I really, I, I mean, I made notations of the music too, but I really, uh, I put it out and I put the video out, and you can hear the style. I had even, I even had Billy playing, Bob Stroger playing bass with me, on um, on the song, on these songs too. So they would, uh, you can really hear the definition of a, what a BB King style shuffle would sound like, what a Muddy Waters, you know. Style would sound like what a train beat sound like, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. These are blue. This is blue blues, blues uh, terminology, you know. Yeah, lingo. This is what they. This is how they speak. If you're gonna play, if you're gonna play some blues, that's the first thing gonna say. Jimmy Reed shuffle. The drummer's like, wait, what? Uh, what? Wait, this. Is, you know, that's what they. <laughs> so I just got. I just wanted to help them out. So I did. So what I do is I, I take my time and uh, I really put it put in. Uh, you know, like some real. High quality videos showing what my hand is doing, what my foot is doing on yeah. these videos. You know what my, you know, just kind of they can kind of see what how I'm really doing it, as I would be looking at my own father play. You know mm. things like that. So I kind of broke it down a little bit like that. And for the ones who don't want to look, I, I even put it up in a, a notation. I made notation music of it, just so they can they can read it if they like. But they can, I mean, it, it still be, might not be. Yeah, but at least they would be closer closer to knowing what it, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. And by the way, I've been, I, I mean, years ago when I first went to a blues uh, jam session, I mean, like 25 years ago, I still remember this. I walked in, I sat down, and how about a shuffle and E? And they're looking at me. I'm like, um, I don't care. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and then the next tune was a shuffle and B. I'm like, oh, 
sounds good to me, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so there's also that side of it too, where, Hey, yeah. 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 Dave yeah. would know, yeah. but yeah. I was, oh, there's, there's, there's a whole me, lingo man. for guitar players and bass players too. Yeah. You know? yeah. Do a box, you know, do, <laughs> you know, do a yeah. short chain, you know, all that stuff. It's the same thing as a drummer has its own, has your own lingo, you know, but this is the, the lingua, language of the stage out of blues hit because yeah. there's so much room for improvisation and so many people it's it's not the same as a jazz hit or even a rock hit everybody right. has their own own kind of map of how to walk through it mm-hmm. but blues has got a very deep deep stage language for every instrument and right. uh, that's how it and that's one of the reasons blues can work all over the world with people you never met before yeah. if they understand that language and you call a box an A or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, an A bar and see and, and, you know, tell the drummer what you want. You got it. Everyone oh, yeah. plays yeah. and it works. Oh, yeah. And then all Absolutely. of a sudden, all of a sudden the magic happens. And that's what's the cool thing. What is that one of the main reasons I love blues? Well, hey, I, yeah. we don't want to keep you here because it's Friday and, uh, man, we've had a great discussion. Dave, you got any, you got one more question or anything else you want to add in here before you we, know, like Kenny um, go enjoy well, the weekend? Other, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you do lessons online, correct? Right. You do that or are you just doing your videos? Um, well, right now I just do the, I just do the, uh, I do the videos normally, you know, during the season I, I'm, I'm moving, like I would be moving so fast. That's why I did. Cause the lessons, I wouldn't have time to do a lot of lessons. Yeah. So that's why I did the okay. videos. So they can, they can kind of watch them, you know, they can kind of watch them at their own long, own leisure. You know, I even put it, I even, I made the videos and also put clips on there where they can play along with it. So I, I took out all the drumming and left just, uh, uh, nice. guitar, guitar and bass in there, Great. you know, so that's they can kind of play along with it too. You know things like that. Awesome. I think can do awesome. it. So I was thinking, yeah, just trying to think about it. Yeah, that's I'm, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep on trucking along. Trying to keep making, <laughs> You're doing great, man. Doing yeah. great. Well, you know, I did see, so I, I did could... see online that uh, you and Guy King did a did a online video, right? You, maybe it was a yes, live stream when you yes. guys were playing or something. But, anyways, is that kind of what you've been doing here and there? Maybe jumping on or doing some Facebook Live or doing different things like that. I know you and Guy must have recorded it separately and then put it all together because it's impossible yeah. to stream together. Exactly. Obviously, exactly. So, but yeah, so it's fun. Those are fun too because you know we. I like one thing we do. You know, during all the COVID nineteen, one thing about that is you know I get a chance to really connect with some of my. My friends that I, you know, we, we all we cross each other on the road, but it's yeah. nice sometimes we can just collaborate with each other. So this is kind of a little small way of us just collaborating, you know, just collaborating together, just you know, doing these times to say, let's just let's make some music together, just because we don't get a chance to do it all the time, you mm-hmm. know, together in that way. So, so I'm just doing just True. doing that, you know, you know, we normally like, hey, how you doing? Hi, and, you know, we're moving on, passing, crossing paths, going to festival, going to another festival. So it was nice to just kind of say, you know what, let's take this time and just kind of, you know, enjoy, let's enjoy each other company. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. I'm going to put a little plug in here too. If you ever see the Chicago Blues Super Session, which is a band that I've put together, Kenny Smith is my Let's hope we see the Chicago Blues Super Session among many other sessions happen live here sooner rather than later so that we can all That's get right. back to business here. Cause Kenny, I know you, are usually every time I see you at the Blues Fest, you you at least are playing three or four gigs in one day. 
But, I mean, that's if it's yeah. slow. Oh. You know, I mean, it was like. Kenny and Billy <laughs> Flynn are the M- MVPs of the oh, Blues Fest. Those two guys, it's like, I, I played multiple gigs with them over the Blues Fest. I'm only one of their many, uh, many, many gigs. And Kenny, I think, yeah. he holds the record, though. I think oh, you do. Okay. <laughs> I do, yeah, quite a few. Yeah, quite a few, definitely. Well, and unfortunately, yeah. now that nothing's happening. So hopefully we get back to normal and uh, we can all go enjoy that. Everybody go check out bdis.com you saw us you heard us talking about the videos here that he does the instructional stuff but there's so much more on there all of the recordings he's on all of the different musicians he's on he's got a great bio up there you can probably learn some blues history just reading his bio so all of that great stuff kenny thanks so much for jumping on it's a pleasure as usual every time you you and i get together and talk i always have a blast talking to you so i'm I'm glad dave set it up for today this was a a great treat Thanks, guys, Thank you, for having me. Yeah, thanks Thank for having you, me, guys, for sure. I really enjoy it. Definitely. All right, go, All right, go have a good weekend and, and, and go enjoy the beautiful weather here in Chicago. You too, guys. There you All go. Right. Thanks, Stay Kenny. Safe. Okay, right. Ken. Take it easy, buddy. Bye-bye. Kenny BDI Smith. Well, that was that was good. Dave? What a guy. Oh, he's a great dude. Yeah. Great dude. And, um, I mean, man, you know, talk about history, right? I'm glad we were talking to him about oh, all that God. stuff. He had some – Great stories. I'm glad you asked those questions. But you knew a lot of those guys, obviously, really well as well. But, you know, with Kenny growing up yeah. around him, it's just a whole other ball game. And I, I couldn't yeah, even imagine. I didn't live in the house with him. I, I lived on the road with some of them. But you, you think about, like, 11 in yeah. the morning, like somebody just, you know, pine top sitting on your couch, you know. Okay, well. Right. <laughs> I right. guess this is right. what where the day's going these days, you know. So that it's wild. But. Right. What a great guy. And when we get yeah. back to normal, everybody's got to go check him out live because what we were talking about doesn't do his performing and playing justice. Plus, he is an incredibly nice guy, very giving, as you could hear. He's also involved with a lot of educational programs, um, school, yeah. we losing the school things and everything else. I know. Well, we talked for 45 minutes. Yeah. We didn't even get well, to half maybe, of that. You well, know? maybe we can do a percussion symposium at the Epiphany with Kenny. Well, that would you be know, something for I, sure, yeah. Yeah. So why not? Why, why not? not? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a master. He's he a living master. He is. I think that yep. would be a yep. great master class and a, a whole bunch of stuff there. So, all right. So we yes, got any indeed. extra, any extra tidbits or nuggets, but we covered a heck of a lot of information. Well, here. Yeah, I do. I got a little bit of something. Okay. Um, up at Hainani, up in Arlington Heights. Oh, yeah. Um, they're back they're in doing business live, up there. Uh, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, as much as they can be, they've got the patio going outside and they've got the, sidewalk which is a large sidewalk filled with tables and arlington heights has given them the street too so they have tables out going into the street and the streets blocked off nice little park across the way and um doing small shows up there uh tonight we got vino loudon uh uh that's uh coco taylor's band leader Mm. uh tomorrow night it's not a blue show uh tomorrow afternoon but amy lowe and myself are playing a duo and then we got joanna connor right after us oh nice and and in august the joanna's doing a residency on all the thursdays all the thursday nights at seven o'clock and uh little ed is doing a residency of four dates up there oh, uh, i cool. think there's three fridays and one saturday but uh yeah it's 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 first off it's nice just to get out get out playing again mm-hmm. uh second off um you know getting some real blues players up there and and when when they get back to normal, we're going to have a blues calendar up there that will knock everybody down. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you help out up there, obviously, with with all those bookings and everything, So, which is 
which is dynamite. So Hey Nani, it's a great spot. It's right up there in Arlington Heights. Check that. I think it's HeyNani.com, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the website, yes. right? Yes, it is. So HeyNani.com. Yeah. We'll send everybody up there. But um, all right. Well, I think another successful that's Chicago funny. Blues and Beyond show here. I would I, I would say, don't you? Yeah, and we can also announce next Friday. Oh, we've got Little Ed Williams coming L- in. Little Ed's going to be on. Little Ed. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to get him on Skype, man. We got to see Little Ed. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to do Skype, but we'll get that on Skype. All right, Mike. It was a good one, man. All right, I'll talk Dave. To you soon. Enjoy your weekend. All right, okay. you too. Thanks, man. All right, bye. Okay, talk to you. Bye. All right. Thanks to Dave Katzman. What a show today, huh, folks? Chicago Blues and Beyond, we are we are uh, picking up steam here. We are getting a lot of views, a lot of listens on our podcast. Go to ChicagoJazzAudioExperience.com. We are going to be possibly adding a new podcast platform coming soon, so stay tuned for that. And, of course, all the past shows that we did this week, this was Episode 76 today. So we're gonna th- we're gonna cross the 80 threshold next week. I didn't even think we'd get this far, but we are we are this far, and uh, I'm just happy to be doing this. Hopefully everybody stays safe, stays healthy, and hopefully we'll be back doing it in person sometime soon. As I always say, if you like this show, please like it, please share it, please give us some love, please leave us a comment wherever you are listening to it. And uh, if you have any suggestions, DM us. And as I always say, if you like what you're hearing, tell your family, tell your neighbors. Call the grandkids Monday at 6 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We will be back here live with a full week of performances and interviews. So we will see you on the next.